Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. I hope it was a profitable Super Bowl Sunday for you. If you listen to You Better You Bet right here on 670, the score of myself, Nick Costos, and Danny Parkins. If you listened, you made money. It was impossible not to, whether you're talking about the total, player props, anthem, halftime show stuff, all that entertainment stuff. It was so much fun uh, last Sunday. Covered a little bit of that throughout the week if you were listening in the evening. So we march on, and it's going to be one of those potpourri shows now that we're past the NFL season. You had to cover that every single week. You mix in some college football as well throughout the season. But today we're going to hit on college basketball futures with Eli Hershkovich, his process on identifying proper plays, and some teams that still hold value as we head toward mid-February. An XFL primer with Roto World's Ian Harditz and where we stand with legalized sports betting here in Illinois. Before we get to Eli, already have Super Bowl odds for next season, and the Bears are in that 25 to 35 to 1 range, depending on where you're looking. And that number makes so much more sense than some of the hype that we were seeing last year. The win total you can find at 8 offshore. So you had a pitiful offense, turnover regression, bad injury luck, and it's at eight. They just won eight games. You would think that they can at least match that mark and surpass it and go over. I want to see where some of the Vegas books put that Bears win total at and some MVP odds already out. I was lucky enough to cash Lamar Jackson, and they put Mitchell Trubisky this time at 100-1. to Remember, he opened 200 to 1 last year. That thing was bet way down. Now he's at 100 to 1 in the rookie range. Yeah, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert also at 100 to 1, Tua Tagovailoa at 80 to 1. Let's transition over to college basketball because next week we're going to have an NBA All-Star weekend special with the festivities in town over at the United Center. 
And I want to make sure we get some college hoops in. Eli Hershkovich, executive producer, but a specialty Friday night host of You Better You Bet, Radio.com Sports. Check out the podcast and the app. Sometimes I'm hosting over there when I'm not on 670 The Score. What's going on, Eli? You must be happy. Football now out of the way. Exactly. I've been waiting for, uh, for college basketball to take center stage over the last you know three months or so. So it's a great time of the year, of course. I wanted to talk about futures. We were very successful last March Madness with the futures. Texas Tech, we got at a huge number early in the season, around 200 to 1. And then Auburn, right as the tournament was starting, at about 60 to 1. The two of them make the Final Four. And even more so this year than last, this thing is completely wide open. We don't know the top seeds. We don't know the twos. And it's not that much basketball left. So what are you looking for right now for people just jumping in post-football? What are you looking for in teams that you believe can make a deep run? Yeah, Joe, it's tough to find value in the current futures market, or at least if you try to find, if you try to dig deep and you try to get a team that's 150 to 1. Pretty much any team below 100 to 1 dependent on one or two exceptions, of course, at this point of the season in years past in early February, you're not going to get that kind of value. But what I try to look for at this point in the season is teams that are excelling defensively because we both know this, that in order to make a run in March, you've got to have a top 20-ish adjusted defensive efficiency on Kempom, which is opponents' points per 100 possessions. So you need to be an elite defensive team on a possession by possession basis. And I also look for, on, on that note, a team that's, again, good defensively combined with some offensive potential. So around the top 50, top 60 mark, and they're starting to find themselves in conference play and there's room to grow. And a team that I'm looking at right now that I invested in earlier in the week that I convinced you to to make a bet on earlier in the week is Texas Tech. They have the 12th lowest adjusted defensive efficiency and the 60th highest adjusted offensive efficiency and and a great coach and the head coach right and they have one of the best head coaches in college basketball and chris beard so you look at how they've been playing in conference play they they have the the number one three-point field goal percentage in conference play and they're defending threes at the best rate as well so their offense is really starting to come along Uh, a good freshman in in jamias ramsey another freshman actually from the chicagoland area that went to Lincoln Park in Terrence Shannon. And, and you brought it up, Joe. We, we mentioned it for a second there. One of the best coaches, not just defensive coaches, in Chris Beard. I remember a game that I watched when I was at DePaul, Little Rock at, at DePaul, and Little Rock smoked them. One by 20-plus points, I believe. And, and that's when Chris Beard really hadn't even hit the national stage yet. Now he's consistently, Texas Tech is consistently uh, a defensive monster at that end of the floor. So even though they lost a lot going back to last year, now Minnesota Timberwolves, Jared Culver, again, with Ramsey, with Shannon, T.J. Holyfield starting to find his offense and is becoming a, a floor spacer as well. I really like Texas Tech's offensive potential, and again, a really good head coach doesn't hurt either. Yeah, very good. And I know you said sometimes you lose values. A lot of those 100-to-1s that can make a deep run are not available. It depends how you look at it, Eli, because some people say, yeah, I could get 100-to-1 now. Maybe this team can make a deep run, but you could also just decide to wait. 
say, okay, but I know they're going to be real if they're 40 or 50. And it's just instead of spending a lot of a bunch of lottery tickets, you take maybe a bigger play when they're down at 40 or 50 because you know at that point you can really trust them because you have more of a sample size. Exactly. And Texas Tech is around 50 to 1 at most books. I got them 80 this week. Yeah, you, you still might see some rogue 80 to 1s. They beat West Virginia last week. They haven't had the significant conference win ever since they were posted around the, the 80 mark when they, when they dropped down to that number where you got them at, Joe. Uh, they lost to Kansas last week. So you got Texas, TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas on deck before Baylor and Kansas. They are projected to be favored in the following games before the gauntlet of the, of the back end of the schedule with Baylor and Kansas. So, uh, again, when you're trying to find value, the fact that Texas Tech is projected to, to win these games, and of course there are upsets. They're not going to win all of them. If they do, that's awesome. But that's another reason why I'm on board with Texas Tech, because this is a time that, they're go- that they should get hot. Their offense is starting to come together, and the price is going to drop if they do. You know, some people that get involved in the futures market with college hoops call it a portfolio, and they add to that portfolio throughout the year, starting with the offseason and then in November, December, as some things start to take shape. And, Eli, this really sets up like a great year if that is your approach because you might have some monster numbers of teams that could easily be top three seeds. Right, and uh, if, if we go back to a couple months ago, I have a San Diego State 101. We'll see if they get a number one or a number two seed, but that's a team that, again, there, there's, there's a ton of value in betting early season college basketball futures, preseason college basketball futures. I have a Maryland 50-1, to one too, so the Terps are, are, have been getting hot here over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. There, but there's also value, like we've mentioned, in, in waiting on a college basketball future, which is why Texas Tech is seemingly valuable if they go on a run. You mentioned Maryland, and you've been talking them up since preseason, but I know you've also been talking up the Oregon Ducks. How do you feel about them now? I know you've gone back and forth on them throughout the year. Yeah, I like Oregon, and there's no value in betting an Oregon future at the moment. They're priced at 20-1, to 1, so even though – they lost at Stanford last weekend. You're not going to get a ton of value on the Ducks. The, my issue with Oregon is they're almost outside of the top 100 across Division One in adjusted defensive efficiency. They're 95th in the country. So Dana Altman turned it around last year at that end of the floor. They had a little bit more shot blocking to help Peyton Pritchard, who's one of the best guards in the country, Guys like Kenny Wooten, who came up big down the stretch when they went on a run to win the Pac-12 tournament. So if Altman can turn it around again, he's one of the best coaches in the country, then I feel good about Oregon. But defense is going to be their biggest liability if, uh, if they can't get you know, break into the top 50 over the next month or so before the tournament uh, because they could get exposed in March at that end. Eli, let's close with this. Any other teams that we should be keeping a close eye on outside of Texas Tech? Joe, I mentioned Illinois a, a couple weeks back, priced around 40, 50 to 1. Another team for the Big Ten, though, that I've been keeping an eye on, they won at Michigan State earlier this week, is Penn State. And uh, a team that I talked to you about uh, last season to make a run of the Big Ten tournament, they've come together in a big way this season, 17-5 and five 
overall and playing really well in conference play, 7-4 and four in the Big Ten in a, in a really tough conference that's probably going to get 10 or 11 teams in the tournament. So you have Lamar Stevens, and I know some people aren't high on Pat Chambers because of his lack of success at Penn State since he arrived, but Penn State is going to make the tournament this year. They have good guard play with, My- with Myron Jones. They could stretch the floor with Miles Dredd and-, and Stevens and Watkins in the front court. Stevens, again, he's not a ball handler, but he's a guy that could take you on a run because of his scoring ability at the three or four spot. Penn State with the 16th lowest adjusted defensive efficiency, and you could find them around 45, 50 to 1 as well. So you're going to see a lot of Big Ten teams priced pretty low on the list because the market thinks really highly of them. And after Penn State beat Michigan State on the road earlier in the week, even though Michigan State is going through their own issues, you don't really have a secondary score behind Cassius Winston. Nittany Lions are definitely a team to keep an eye on here in the coming weeks. At Eli Hershkovich on Twitter, executive producer, sometimes host, you better you bet, radio.com sports. Check out the podcast. Eli, Selection Sunday in five weeks. I'm hyped. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. But yes, I'm you're always hyped. You're always hyped. November, you were hyped for <laughs> Selection Sunday. Five weeks out, I know you're certainly hyped for Selection Sunday than the tournament, and um, maybe we'll be in Vegas. All right. I'm in, man. Good I'm deal, man. Trip, no matter what. Thanks, Eli. See you, man. We all know those degenerates that are a little sad at the end of the football season, but this time around, wait, there's more. I am 100% giving the XFL a chance today and tomorrow. There might not be a he hate me, but we're going to see Mark Trussman and Bob Stoops back on the sideline. Longtime friend of the score, Greg Gabriel. He's a player personnel director of the D.C. Defenders. Point spreads and totals will be on screens during the broadcast. This week on You Better You Bet, myself and Nick Costos spoke with Ian Harditz of Roto-World, and I asked Ian why this will be different than the AAF. So I will say, as someone that just watched way too much AAF last year, compared to the average person, like the on-field product was really the least of the league's problems. It was just, it just came down to money. I mean, we should have known it was a red flag when they had to hire, you know, new ownership after week one to try to meet payroll. So feel a lot more comfortable with Vince McMahon, those deep pockets running the show. And just overall, uh, we've seen the XFL because they took the extra year and didn't rush the market like the, like the AF, just much more measured approach uh, overall in trying to get what they want done, accomplished, which is more points, more plays, more excitement. Like all the rules are meant to decentivize punting. They're making teams not kick extra points. They're actually going for two-point conversions. You get to pick where. And uh, one of the biggest things that really has me excited for this, what's the biggest problem in these leagues? You know, these players haven't played together before. You know, they haven't had all that much time together. And one of the things they've uh, put in place is every single offensive player can talk to the offensive coordinator uh, through their headset and helmet, not just the quarterback anymore. So really hoping, you know, with the increased play clock and hopefully with better just execution team-wide because of the helpful rules that they've supplied, it's going to be even better on-field product before, all on national TV, and, an, and a league owner with much deeper pockets than we saw last time. Like a broad betting picture here for the XFL where – do you agree with me? And I don't think I don't really think there's much disagreement, but I don't think people know this. So I really want you to punch his home as like our resident expert on the league here that, A, we're going to see a ton of scoring in these games. And B, the key numbers that we normally talk about in football with the NFL and college football as well, the three and seven are obliterated by like these new rules in terms of the like extra point going away and really, you know, 
taking away the incentivization for teams to kick. So I just think that's a major thing for people to understand here. I want you to punch that home. A, a lot of points, and B, like we can't keep talking about the key numbers of three and seven as it concerns the XFL product. No, I'm with you, man. I think like eights could be more of a key number if we're expecting teams to be going for two more often. You know, the math is already kind of pointing towards, you know, going from the five-yard line for two points or even the 10-yard line for three points as probably a superior option. So we'll, we'll see how much that holds up. We're going to have so much more after one week. But I think for now in this first week, you know, we do have to kind of embrace the uncertainty a little bit and just go off of what we do know, which is these rules, which is some of these offensive coordinators who – you know, June Jones, Hal Newham, these guys do nothing except throw the ball around. Now they finally have a league that has built for them to do that. So I'm with you, man, all the points. And like like I said, I mean, we saw in the AAF last year some struggles with it scoring points, especially early, but with kind of that better communication, as I stated, and with just a longer kind of pre- preparation time in general. I mean, remember, like the draft was going on uh, back in September or, you know, at the latest October, I believe it was. So even if these guys are new teammates, they've had a full training camp, a good three, four months to really practicing, you know, get their timing down. So relatively few injuries. I know we'll get into that a little bit, but right now only Los Angeles and Dallas really has injuries at the quarterback position. So I don't think there's any reason to believe these teams can't come out firing. They did, The league as a whole did a good job, a whole bunch of CFL coaches in addition to some of those offensive minds I mentioned. So we got coaching staffs and players that are kind of used to being in new places. I don't see why they can't pick up the scoring from week one. Four teams have gone to playoffs, D.C., L.A., uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay, just based on their offensive coordinators, really kind of, again, being these forward-thinking, pass-first minds, and then also having at least some sort of uh, stability at the quarterback position. Because I do think, uh, you know, big three quarterbacks, Josh Johnson, Cardale Jones, and probably Landry Jones once he gets going with Bob Stoops and is healthy. As weird as it is to say, those three are the top three quarterbacks in the entire league. I'm a Cardale Jones guy. I loved Cardell at Ohio State. He was good in the preseason the last year for the Chargers, and I think that was kind of the moment where everyone was like, oh, well, like, he's taking care of the football. He obviously has a howitzer attached to his shoulder. Like, he's a big dude. He was, he's got the ability to, tr- to truck defenders. Maybe not in the NFL, but certainly in a league like the XFL. The defenders right now with Pep Hamilton as their head coach, former offensive coordinator of the Colts, spent time with Jim Harbaugh at the collegiate level, Michigan and Stanford, helped tutor Andrew Luck. I'm kind of looking at D.C. as my favorite team here in the XFL. Not my favorite team, but the team I think is going to win. Their odds currently right now at 6-1. to one. Do you think D.C. right now is the best team in the XFL as we stand on the precipice of week one? And if not, which is the best team right now in this fledgling league? I remember three right now. I do think Dallas is the best team on paper at this point. We've kind of seen them at the top of some of these odds charts. I know uh, the Tampa Bay Vipers were the team with that 7.5 win total that kind of took Twitter by storm and all that, but I don't know. We've seen uh, books since release these uh, kind of championship odds, and we see the Vipers settle in more the more mid pack. So I'm sure we'll get to Week One picks later. But Vipers Week One road dog. I don't know about that, but uh, I do like Dallas. I mean, I think Bob Stoops deserves a lot of credit for you know how leaving Oklahoma in the hands of Lincoln Riley, who we now you know look at as maybe the brightest offensive mind in football period. So. Again, I, I understand Landry Jones wasn't the best guy, but he started NFL games in like a real Pittsburgh offense. You can do a lot worse based on the other quarterbacks in this league. But uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting after seeing one week of action because, again, I mean, as I kind of learned with the AAF last year, it's impossible to put really anything behind the team-wide performance at this point. The best we can kind of do is look at these coaching staffs, look at the quarterbacks. We've seen them play uh, a little bit. So it's going to take a little bit, but right now I got Dallas. So a lot of the uh, different position rankings that I've seen for the XFL, at the very bottom, it's the same team again and again and again. Is St. Louis the worst team in the league? 
man, like people are trying to get behind a Jordan Tay a move. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Like it's the one that everyone's been wondering, like how did an offense have DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and not do more? Like he's a quarterback that couldn't do more uh, with those two studs on the outside. So maybe he won't even be the problem. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but just the whole coaching staff kind of reeks of old, old kind of football minds. I really haven't just even been working lately. I mean, look, I mean, we saw more Turner and some uh, older coaches in the NFL do just fine this year, be creative, have these forward thinking offensive schemes. But I mean, their head coach, Jonathan Hayes has just been working on Marvin Lewis for like the last two decades. The offensive coordinator, Chuck Long has been a big 10 analyst for the last decade. So there's just not much sign from this team of really any, any sort of forward thinking offense. And I think that's kind of why they're ending up on the bottom of the list. It's not, 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 not great quarterback options. And you look at the coaching staff, it's not good, and I think probably the Seattle Dragons are right there with them as well. That's right, an XFL breakdown. Listen, if you're into it, we'll do more right here on Early Odds. If you're not into it, there's plenty of other sports going on, whether you're talking about NBA or college basketball, the NHL, golf, whatever. At least I'm going to give it a shot today, and uh, maybe you will too. John Holden is an assistant professor at Oklahoma State University, and he covers the legalization of sports betting. Now, he believes that the Illinois regulations are the worst of any state in the country. Here's a couple of minutes of our conversation on my night show right here on The Score. John, I want to go back to the stadiums because at the end of the spring session when this passed, this is something the lawmakers we're very excited about, and we're talking about Wrigley Field, United Center, guaranteed rate field, uh, possibly Soldier Field as well. And you mentioned that the language says kiosks or mobile. So it's a five-block radius around the stadiums. So would it be like crossing over to Indiana where I can just get a mobile app, or would it be like the casinos or the, the horse tracks here, once they have sports betting, would you have to go in and get it on your phone and register in person first, if they do mobile even? And then, yeah, and another question about that, sorry to throw this at you, but uh, the kiosk too, no. state lobbyist Steve Brubaker was bringing this up online, so they can be unattended? That is certainly how it reads. And this is just another one of these, you read it and you're like, who wrote this? What were they thinking? The idea that we're going to have kiosks and stadiums unattended where, I mean, I certainly went to the ballpark with my dad. I mean. Or outside of Wrigley. Yeah. I mean, anyone can walk up to this. I mean, worst case scenario, some child goes up to it and places a wager that's illegal. But, I mean, these things are going to get stolen. I mean, they're going to disappear. That seems like a bad idea to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then. The mobile, there there will be in-person registration. Okay. So you will have to present yourself to register for mobile. Okay. So I I know you were talking about going through these emergency rules, 66-page document when that was released. When this was initially passed, they had said, okay, you cannot bet on sporting events involving Illinois collegiate teams. But in these 66 pages, it said, well, you could bet on sporting events with Illinois teams if they're in a parlay, right? But then I'm hearing today that that's not accurate. Oh, that section. I read that section 10 times and I'm still not convinced as to what it says. I've spoken to (laughs) a half dozen people in the industry and I don't even want to venture a guess if that is what is intended to be meant by that passage. It is some of the least clear writing I have ever seen. 
It is bad. I don't have an opinion. I don't know. <laughs> Just perfect. John Holden is not alone in his feelings on the Illinois sports betting rules, but here's what we do know. Sports books are on the way. The Illinois Gaming Board has issued temporary licenses to Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Grand Victoria in Elgin, and Alton Casino at this moment. Still plenty of work to do, but watch out for March Madness or opening day. Big thanks to Eli Herskovich, Ian Hartitz, and John Holden for coming on Early Odds this week. I'll be on the score most evenings this upcoming week. You better you bet on Tuesday. Inside the clubhouse coming up next right here on Sports Radio 670. The score. Best of luck, everyone. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.